Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is the freight tech dilemma with my friend, Brad Wheeler. How's it going, Brad? Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you about this, and we're going to talk today about why people struggle to get the, use freight tech. We, By the way, all of us in this space, we're all like, well, of course you're using freight tech. But there's a lot of companies that are resistant or they're using an older level of technology or not getting all they can from technology because there is this dilemma, even though they know they should be using it and they know it's the right thing and they and probably using some of it. They also know that there's some hassle. And we're going to talk about the hassle and why some of that hassle has gotten smaller in recent years. But anyway, before we do that, Brad, please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. Awesome. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, thanks for having me on. As coming from Emerge, we love the opportunity to, to talk and, and, and talk about the actual topics within the industry that are relevant to shippers and carriers alike. So I uh, appreciate you having me on, on here. But I am the leader of the customer strategy team here at Emerge. So I've been with the company since we started back in 2017. So it's going on about six years or so. I'm originally from a super small town in, in Illinois, where I then grad or I went to Arizona State University here in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, where we have our office in, in Emerge. I also got my my master's in sports and business management at the University of Kentucky, and now we're here in Scottsdale, Arizona, where again we have our one office with with Emerge. We have a couple of other offices in Atlanta and Boulder, Colorado, as well with Emerge. Very nice, very nice. So you you mentioned you're in Scottsdale. Did, did you grow up out there? Did not grow up out here. I grew up in a town of about eight to 10,000 people, given it, uh, it depends on the, the time. Wait, where, where at? What's it? In, in Charleston, Illinois. It's it's about when people say, hey, oh, you're from Illinois. What part of Chicago are you from? I say, nope. I nope. Four hours <laughs> south of Chicago, probably even closer to St. Louis. So. so you grew up in Charleston. And how did you end up at Arizona State? Yeah, good question. I, I actually, my first couple of years that I, I went to college, I was at a junior college in Champaign, Illinois, playing baseball. And I had the opportunity, when it, when you're playing baseball in college, you you have the opportunity to go play in summer collegiate wood bat leagues. And that, that actually sent me out to, to Arizona for a couple of years where I, I played in a wood bat league and I loved it so much. It was a great opportunity, a lot of opportunities. I thought all bats were wood. I Maybe I'm getting old here. Not not in college, not yet. I, I think they're they're leaning towards going to wood bats here soon, but uh, they're still using aluminum. I think they've, oh, they've okay. really they've really killed them off a little bit, but uh, or since you know ten or twenty years ago. But I think that they might be going to wood here soon. Yeah, I remember. I'm 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 so old. I remember we started with wood bats, and then I remember when the first aluminum bat came. We were playing softball. Man, it's like. This is so it's cool. Not fair. The, the the noise that the noise just you could tell when you hit that ball. But there's something special about the wood bats. So, what position do you play? If you don't mind me asking, I played in the outfield, primarily center field and, and right field. So very nice. But yeah, anyway, when I, when I was brought out here for the opportunity to play baseball, I I love the Phoenix area, I love the Scottsdale area. There's so much excitement around technology and around booming companies and, and job opportunities out here. I just kind of fell in love with it out here. So 
uh, I've been here ever since. So you went to school, you, you went back, so you finished your undergrad in Arizona, and, and then you said you went to, you got your master's? Yep, I, I did have, I had an opportunity to complete a graduate assistantship at the University of Kentucky for, for two years, where I also spent some time working in a couple of different, uh, in, in a couple of different departments within the athletics and the campus recreation roles, where we focused on uh, events, sports and athletic events, where it was, it's, if you think about it, there's logistics in that as well. Uh, of managing those on a well, there's a, definitely managing people and leadership, which is a big part of what you're doing now. As you as you talk about that, you think about that. There's a lot of correlation involved in those kind of responsibilities. But I, yeah, I had an op- awesome opportunity to go out to the University of Kentucky for a couple of years to complete a master's degree, and 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 I landed back in Scottsdale where I really wanted to be, uh, and now here we are with Emerge. So obviously, uh, when you started looking for a gig, did you ever think you'd end up in logistics? I knew I, I had, I've had a lot of friends and a lot of colleagues that, that are, have worked in the logistics industry or back then when I was uh, evaluating this space. And man, there's there's just no shortage of opportunity in this industry. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of hunger for change, a lot of hunger for innovation and just a ton of opportunity. There's always going to be a truck that needs to be moved or a box that needs to be moved in a truck. And there's just a lot of opportunity. And and I will say this. Well, please. Well, first, I'll give my little my 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 opinion. Then I want to get uh, talk a little bit about what Emerge does and how you guys do it. I think Emerge is doing something really great, and it's this. And I'm 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 going to put it in layman terms. You can you can elaborate on it, but it's making RFPs better. And doing RFPs in this business has always been painful. And shippers do it, but also 3PL. So people who have never worked at a shipper can recognize this is a problem. But if you're a shipper and you say, hey, I want to go out and do an RFP, so often you're just collecting business cards when some carrier stops by or calls you. So you have all these names and contacts. And then and then you have all your lanes, which you probably have in Excel spreadsheets. Maybe you download it out of a TMS. But however you got it, so often it's Excel spreadsheets or Google Docs. And then you're sending it out saying, hey, everybody, bid on this. And I can tell you this. I've been on the carrier side it's a pain in the ass sometimes when somebody you talked to once six months ago sends you an rfp and you're like are they just market testing their current suppliers i mean what's going on here like you know i don't know this guy but also so many of your emails bounce it's it's email is great excel is great google docs is great but it's not a system for doing rfps in this business right and and so it's not a great solution for shippers, and it's certainly not a great solution for carriers either, because they're always like wondering, I heard the term bid fatigue, getting <laughs> all sorts of emails from people you kind of go, am I really going to get some lanes from this, or are they just really just testing the waters? Right. So it doesn't work. So you guys created something that is specifically for the RFP, right? So talk a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. And, and I had the opportunity with, with leading our customer strategy team. My team is primarily responsible for, for product adoption. So what our roles it, what our role is or responsibility is, is really understanding the dynamics of, of each individual shipper's operation and how they run their RFPs today and how we as Emerge or as, as a pl- an RFP platform can actually assist them and provide value in that. So we've found that, that most, it's surprising most of our shippers do not have any kind of procurement platform. They have their problems solved with, with their TMS. There's no problems with shipment execution. 
tendering, tracking, tender acceptance, that is all fine and dandy. Even visibility is probably pretty good. Yes. But, but even with, as we talk through all of that, it, it doesn't mean anything unless you procure well and you procure effectively. That's, that's at that, that the beginning of the line. So that's, that's where we fit in. We see that we, we've, we've provided a lot of value in starting at the beginning of the line to make sure that all, everything down the line is actually effectively moving. So you talk to a lot of shippers, obviously. What are most of them doing prior to coming with Emerge? I'm, I know there's probably more than one solution. I described one, which I'll call Excel and email. How, how many are using that? <laughs> most, I will say that most small to medium and even some of your larger enterprise shippers are still using Excel uh, spreadsheets or email uh, for spot. Well, probably, probably both, right? Or both, a little bit of both. Yeah. So obviously, so, but we do have a significant amount of our enterprise shippers that also use uh, actual RFP platforms or procurement platforms. Most of those, the the only drawback in those is it's not freight specific. So it's not as intuitive enough to to actually run a truckload bid or an intermodal bid. It's a, hey, I can buy my pens and pencils with this, but it's it's not necessarily designed for the actual logistics space. Right. And I I know because I do a lot of podcasts, obviously, I know of two of these procurement platforms and they aren't cheap. And they are not custom built for our business. And our business is different. And by the way, when I was selling logistics services, I ran across a lot of uh, purchasing guys who would say, I'm not involved with the buying of freight services. I let the guys in logistics do that because it was so different. Yep. And, And I think it was just too much. I did notice, though, a trend where more and more the logistics guys said, I'm sorry, more and more the procurement team said, I can no longer ignore this. It's millions of dollars potentially of shipping. I can't just say the logistics guys have it because they neither seem to have the right tool right. for going out and doing this and that until we merge. But um, but anyway, getting back to it, there's there's Excel spreadsheets and emails, which doesn't work because, again, that's a clunky, ridiculous system. Secondly, there's a few tools out there, but they aren't custom built for freight procurement. What what other are, are people using? Uh, I mean, that some some of them are relying on the spot market. Some of them have what we call evergreen contracts to where, hey, we're not going to run actual uh, regular cadenced RFPs. It's a, hey, you let me know when you need to change your rate. And that is just completely not inefficient as well. So what we found is that, hey, up until recent years, especially, I, I know COVID's a buzzword, but it, it really is until whenever COVID hit and, and market dynamics started shifting so drastically throughout the year, it required shippers to be to have to be nimble and agile. Now, if you're working within an Excel file or if you're working with an email or a, a robust robust system and you do it once a year, you can easily plan for that, even though it's a it's a bulky process. You can you can relatively easily easily plan for that. However, if you are challenged with really dynamic market conditions where you have to be agile and you have to make shifts uh, in a in a moment's notice, a really a simplified system to where you can go out to bid and go out to the market very quickly and effectively is an absolute necessity. So. It's, yep. it's, it's kind of forcing shippers' hand with, with recent market dynamics in the past uh, few years. Well, I think also we've seen technology have a, a profound impact, positive impact, so many places in supply chain. 
and the transportation management system. Great for executing. We've had that. We've had that for a while. That is that is a best practice. Upstream, though, actually getting the right carriers involved was always a challenge. And by the way, we're only talking about shippers at this point. I know this is a really good deal for carriers, too, using Emerge because they're all lo- always looking for how do I get good freight? And I think when you hear those guys, they're saying, uh, I've talked to a lot of trucking companies, obviously, and I've talked to a lot of uh, small trucking companies also. They say, I can't get on, get in on the best freight. So that's the that that's maybe a major CPG that the only way they get in is through a big broker, and then they feel like they gave up most of the profit to that big broker, and so Emerge being a platform takes a little bite, <laughs> not a huge bite, and it's pretty transparent. <laughs> and, and by the way, I don't think I don't think they can feel bad about that. You you don't have your own salesman, so you say, hey, I, I don't mind paying a little bit to. Uh, an intermediary. And I'm not saying even right. Emerge doesn't really act as an, I guess they are an intermediary, but it's more of a tech platform and it's a transparent, here's what, here's what we got paid on your deal as opposed to, Hey, uh, we got eight, we're giving you 1800. We got 3,600 for it. You know? <laughs> right. And, and none of this works with, without, without the carrier appetite as well. And, and the carrier engagement on this side. And, and that, as most of us know in the industry right now, especially right now, is where carriers need that that avenue to go and find freight that works best for them. So having that centralized location to where they can, they would never have the opportunity to view this freight before this. Systems like Emerge and other companies are doing the same thing, is, is trying to figure out how we can bring freight opportunities to the most amount of carriers in the most effective way and connect those dots with shippers and carriers between. Right. So... How much does it cost for shippers to use Emerge? We are actually, uh, uh, to be honest, we are free. So if you want to use one of our procurement platforms, either on the spot side or the RFP side, we are a completely free platform to use. There's no contracts. There's no requirements or, or uh, multi-year contracts or anything like that. What we, How we monetize, and we were kind of touching on this, is when Emerge introduces you to a new carrier, even though you can still work with your own network within the actual RFP platform, when we introduce you to a, a new carrier, we'll take a small transaction fee for making that introduction to you. Even if, even though we're, we're not handing over the reins over to the carrier, we'll still... But that's paid for the, by the carrier, not by right. the shipper. Paid for by the carrier. So if we show you a rate, uh, that's exactly what the rate uh, you would be paying as a shipper. A carrier would, would have a, a small markup on top of that before it's displayed to the shipper. So let's just say I'm just get, do a quick example. And then we'll get into talking a little bit about the freight tech dilemma. So let's just say I do a thousand shipments a month and I say, you know what? I have a nice TMS, but I struggle. I'm still sending my thousand emails. Once a year, I send, an, I send a, hundreds of emails out to all these carriers and uh, ask them to, to bid. And a lot of them bounce. I don't get good prices, and I, I haven't really vetted all these guys. It's not. A, it's not a, a. It's not a custom built system. It's Excel and it's emails. So instead, I say since it's free, I'm just going to try out Emerge. I take my Excel. I, I'm assuming I can upload my Excel into your system for fairly easy. Yep, yep. So that's that's one of the beauties of of working with newer shippers that are investigating the actual freight tech space, especially in the procurement area where where we where we live in. So it's it's a hey if you have a mini bid or if you have a smaller bid coming up it is no risk at all to actually all my favorite saying whenever I'm I'm talking to a shipper is hey if you have the lanes that you want to put out to bid and who you want to send this bid out to 
we can upload this and launch a bid in the next 15 minutes. So that's that's the ease of use of ease of, of entering into the freight tech space that shippers are looking for. Of, hey, I want to try this risk free to see what my return on investment could be immediately. Then I can make my sound decision after that, after I see the results of that that first trial run. So I put my thousand lanes in there and I, I brought some of my carriers and you're not going to add any cost for them, right? That's correct. No cost. So they can bid. So if I can work for them for the rest of my my life, and then you're never going to charge me for them. Yep. In fact, that uh, we will. If you add whoever carriers that you add into your network, we'll we'll blacklist them on the marketplace side. So actually, Emerge will never back solicit any of your carriers or any of your brokers as well. Even though, but but increasingly, you guys have a massive amount over there. So probably some of my carriers are already on there. We are, yeah, they're, they're, they are 100% on there. Most, most of this, uh, the larger, medium-sized carriers, a lot of most of the actual brokers uh, or larger brokerages are, are on the platform as well. We have thousands of shippers from, you know, your CH Robinsons, your, uh, your TQLs. Uh, so, yeah, what the odds are is your network is already working with any merge uh, anyway. So I, let's just say I've got t- 10 carriers I'm working with for my thousand lanes. And I, I, do do a an RFP. I get those, and and then in addition to my ten, you guys add. Let's just I'll just make this up. Ten more. And that's and these. I don't have to work with them, but these are the basically where Emerge Act like the matchmaker and said you can also work with these guys. And now now I have kind of market tested a little bit, but also I'm getting new insights that I wouldn't have otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's a Emerge fills in the gaps of those those problem areas where you've really struggled with. We we understand 100% that the relationships with your own network, we don't want to disrupt that at all. It's a how can Emerge provide you supplemental capacity in areas where where you're you're potentially struggling with. We like to say, "Hey, we don't succeed unless you succeed." AKA, we don't make money unless we we are providing you cost right. effective and cost savings with carriers. So it's a yeah, it's it's one of those. Hey, you're still working with your own network, but you're finding those those improvements in efficiency with additional carriers. So, if, if I'm a carrier in this scenario, if I'm one of the existing carriers, one of those ten carriers that we're doing some of those thousand lanes, I'm not getting charged at all all to use the system. It's easy for me to get in there, but these new ones, you guys would take a little transaction fee from that, and and that is that transparent. That's completely transparent. It's a, it's a it's a nine we call it's a nine point nine percent transaction fee that's added on on top of that. Ooh, so that's not you know it's it's a funny thing. I got to tell you this, Brad. Uh, I interviewed a lot of people in the past, and I, I think I talked to um, Andrew Leto about this, and he said, you know, in the old way, in, and by the way, the the Leto brothers and a lot of their team uh, started Emerge, and they're behind Global Trans, and Global Trans is still a juggernaut, and what was interesting is they said in the old brokerage model, and by the way, it still goes on a little bit. You don't know what the broker is making. And so like I said, you know, you would have a gong or a siren where somebody made a thousand dollars on a transaction, run over and bang the gong and do your victory dance. Cause you just made a thousand dollars. And I think he mentioned, imagine you're walking a shipper through that environment. And he goes, what's that? Oh, that's when one of our guys makes a thousand dollars. And and by the way, I'm not even going to criticize that because that's the way the business has been done. And it was, let's face it, they accepted that price. But now this is a little different model because it's not a broker. 
It's it's a technology platform. And somebody goes, well, you're parsing words. But technology platform doesn't doesn't act the same way as a a, a broker does. Right, right. And, and, and by all means, the brokers have a have a spot that 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 is not going to be given up within this industry. Brokers provide an excellent service and, and a, an excellent additional reach for shippers uh, to to expand their carrier base. So. What we aim to do is, is simply be as, as transparent as possible, though. So simply stay, still providing those same services, but showing you behind the ropes of, of, of how, this is, how the mechanism is actually working. So it, it helps out and it, it kind of gives that, that comfort in the back of shippers' minds of, all right, I can live with that, that additional markup on top of that now that I know all the efforts and all the work that is going into actually finding those carriers. Right. And by the way, you guys also... This is the network effect. The more business you get, the, it, I, I joke, it's like ladies' night. I'm not saying this in a, a misogynistic way, but if you say ladies' night, ladies gets in free, guys are going to show up. <laughs> and the more the guys show up, the more ladies go, you know, that's a good place to go. Oh, yeah. That's a guy show up. It's a two uh, marketplace for sure. You, you need freight for, to, to attract carriers and you need or carriers to attract freight. So. Yeah, it's it's once that freight is, is as that freight is coming in, especially if more and more shippers are running those uh, seasonal or mini bids to, to compete with those market dynamics, more and more carriers are looking for for opportunities as well to help out with them. Oh, what one other thing before we get into the freight tech dilemma discussion is because this is easier. I know I've had offline conversations with you. People are not just doing a yearly bid. Now they're saying I can do a bid for Christmas season, or let's say you're moving Christmas trees. I can just do that bid or for Halloween or for the first quarter because the system makes it easy. And by the way, the existing clunky system with the Excel spreadsheets and emails is not only painful, but it's time consuming. So people don't want to do it except once a year. Right. But this makes it a snap. So you say, hey, look, I got five underperforming lanes. I can go back and say, let's rebid this. Yep. So it's it's more so we we found that shippers a to your point they may just be abandoning the annual bid altogether. Now we understand that some shippers can't do that. They they need an annual bid for budgetary reasons to actually understand projections yes. for the next year. So what we found is that shippers even though they still run an annual bid for budgetary reasons to be able to plan they still have the ability to go out to market with within a seasonal or a mini bit in their back pocket if necessary, which is almost always going to be necessary throughout the year. So it's a, hey, I need to knock out an annual bid just to, to, to supplement or, or to actually you know, check off the box that I, I, I did it for budgetary reasons. But we know that in di- peaks and valleys of our volumes throughout the year, we're going to have to, ha- to, to be nimble and be agile with actually running those seasonal or mini bids, which we're finding more and more of, especially in the last year. Oh, God, if there's one thing that we learned from COVID is how quickly the market can change. And that's not, you know, we, we have a war in Europe. We have problems in China. We have energy problems. There's there's going to be some uh, some stumbles in the economy for the, for the near future. And we need flexibility. We need the ability to go back and say, these few lanes are consuming way too much of my time. I want to go back and see if we can't get some new carriers involved. And excellent. Anyway, let's let's switch gear. So we want to talk about the freight tech dilemma. And th- and I think this is all about the resistance to using technologies. And, and, and I know we're just talked about what Emerge does. And obviously, that's your 
uh, purview, but you can speak about some of the challenges we have to moving people over to uh, shippers over to freight tech. They know it's the right thing. They know every time they've spent on technology, it's been helpful, but they also know it comes with a lot of baggage. So I want to talk a little bit about that baggage and then why some of that baggage is not as bad as it once was. So what is the first reason companies are resistant? I'll say shippers. Why are they resistant to making the move over to technologies that are like yours, very easy to implement? Right. Yeah. So in, in the past, a lot of the a lot of the technology offerings are trying to be all everything to all people at all times and, and try to solve all problems. So with that, with a technology like that, it becomes all a, encompassing. <laughs> yeah, it becomes a daunting experience to, to really reinvent the wheel and rip out everything that you've been doing for so many years and replace it with a completely new process and a completely new service. So that in and of itself, if, if you're trying to replace your entire supply chain or your, or your entire your logistics operation. Right. While, while keeping your shipments running. <laughs> right, right, right. That is just a, whoa, I need to see an exact return on investment on this and I need to see it fast. So that's at number one where, where uh, most companies now are trying to, uh, instead of trying to rip out your entire operation, Let's uncover where you're really struggling or where, where, you're, where you're finding the most pain and let's solve just that. Let's, let's have a bolt-on solution to your existing supply chain where 90% of it may be operating perfectly fine, but I want to solve just the one thing without ripping everything out. So that's, that's if, if, a, if a shipper comes up with it or comes to a technology company where their proposition is really changing everything that, that can have some reservations or make the shipper have some reservations about moving forward with that. Right. And by the way, it's not related to the resistance, but when we moved technologies to the cloud and like you guys are all cloud-based, that meant little upgrades that happen. They probably happen on a weekly basis, maybe a daily basis, right? Right. In the, in the olden days, those, uh, you would get, especially the on-premise systems, you would get, Hey, we're going to do an update this weekend. And, and, it potentially shuts you down. These were really big risks. And what you described as this, you know, rip out your existing or stop doing it the way you've been doing it. These are enormously risky deals. And by the way, I'm, a, I'm an ops guy. And at heart, I will always be an ops guy. And if what do ops guys worry about? Risk. The risk of not shipping, the risk of extra costs, the risk of quality problems. You're always worried about risk. And when somebody says, hey, I got a great new system, all you hear is, Risk, risk, risk. <laughs> How do I, 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 I want it, but I got to minimize the risk in this, in this project. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think that the risk comes with a, or the identification of a risk also comes with the idea of those ops guys or, or those, the, those individuals that are, are used to the actual process, not having a perspective to take a, a step back and understand, hey, where can I improve? They're so invested in how I've done this for, for so long. And, and in my vision, it's not broken. So why would I need to fix it? But often having a different perspective or, or a third party come in and say, hey, have you thought about doing it this way? It, it gives them a little bit of, of, of a better idea to say, nope, I haven't thought of this because I've been so focused on how I'm getting my job done on, on a day to day basis. I haven't had the opportunity to actually take a step back and see where I can improve. So it's, that's, that's also one of the, the pushbacks is it kind of it leans towards what I was earlier saying is, if it's not broken, why do I need to fix it? And that often stems from just simply not having the perspective of looking, taking a step back and looking at 
what opportunities you have. So what's the second reason that companies resist implementing and, and pursuing freight tech? The second reason is is really the relationship or the industry, the logistics industry is really built on relationships. So whenever a, a, a potential shipper or a carrier or a broker hears the word technology or automation or integration, they often uh, correlate that that to, hey, I'm losing my connectedness with my actual network. I'm losing the, the people to people interactions here because we're driving automation. So what we found with a lot of the actual players in this space, including Emerge, of course, is how do we balance that? How do we balance the actual button pushing automation between, hey, you still maintain relationships within your network and you still balance that that relationship of automation and relationships within your network. So I, I think it's uh, as, as shippers hear technology and automation, they automatically hear I'm losing control and I'm losing my relationships with, with my network. And it's, it's how do we balance that uh, together as we implement. Right, 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 right. And also talk a little bit about the cost associated with uh, change like this. Sure. Yeah. As as you as we were talking about earlier, I mean, I won't speak for every freight technology company, but uh, many of them do come with a, a hefty cost, and not not necessarily even a direct cost. Most of them are direct costs. But if you talk about integrations, you talk about setup, you talk about the resources that you have to devote internally for training and implementation, it is just simply costly to do so. So as as carriers look, or as shippers and carriers look for freight technology, it's a uh, as we were just talking about earlier, how can I test immediately a, a new product offering and how can I see immediate return on investments quickly so I can I can move forward with making a decision, yes or no, with moving this tech, moving forward with this technology. But it's that risk of, hey, I'm going to have to devote hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes to in, in, invest in this technology. And I'm stuck with it regardless of the outcome for the next several years. So that's that's a woo, that's it's it's kind of scary sometimes for for shippers. Right, and and by the way, there are more and more companies. And, and first off, emerge for shippers, you're free, so it, there's no no cost associated with this. And 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 then also for carriers, it's not it's it's a small bite, right? So it's a, a it's very very little transaction cost. So 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 in the olden days, the well, I should say there's also more and more companies that say, hey, we'll, we'll bill you, you know, that software as a service model, which is which is a predictable, predictable amount, pretty much. So let's talk about another resistance problem, which is the implementations. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, the implementation cycle for, for many, there's a, obviously that we keep talking about this, but there's a wide range of, uh, of types of freight technology out there. Most of them require a, a significant amount of time for implementation. Lots of resources, lots of people to train. And maybe a shipper organization has several dozen employees under their the logistics side that they all need to be trained. That means taking hours out of their day in order to be trained on this, right. this technology. That's just simply a, a, a time-consuming and, and costly expense to be able to devote that type of resources to it. So it's, it's again, going back to how do I test this with a, as minimal resources as required uh, to actually test my return on investment uh, with this before I actually move forward with this. And we see this a lot of times with as, as freight technology companies talk about integrations as well. That may sound great on the surface. But an integration with a, a, a different provider or a different freight technology can be months and months of work to actually connect two con completely different systems. Now, those those systems 
or those freight technologies that can come with integrations that are turnkey or or a standard integrations with different systems, those are the ones that are going to succeed and the ones where shippers are going to be delighted to actually use. If they log in and they flip a switch to turn on an integration, that is what a shipper's idea of an integration is. It is not connecting endpoints and mapping different things and and doing UAT testing to make sure it works out and trying to break the oh, system. God, it is yeah. a, I want to turn this on and I want to connect to the other system. So th- those those companies that can, can that can achieve that are going to succeed. Yeah, these implementations and technology integrations. I'm going to use my broad brush here. Newer companies, newer tech, it's usually built with the idea that we're going to be built to connect to the next system. When the next killer app comes, we'll we'll connect to it probably very easily. The older systems, and this is not a criticism, the older systems have to kind of catch up on that, and that's what they're doing. And you know, these are great companies too. That's why they are the older systems. They've been around for a while. But I just had my friend Jonathan on, and from Orderful, and he was talking about their tool. And I know you guys use Orderful for some of these connections, but the the ability to connect to older systems is what orderfuls for and i know that you guys use that and that means you can turn somebody on like overnight like some not always but pretty much always quickly companies like orderful are doing exactly what what i was just talking about of is how do i turn an integration that could take weeks into overnight so they are connecting those systems it's a, a, those edi integrations between systems and uh, doing a fantastic job of it and they work with software companies like emerge, but they also work with shippers and yep. uh, 3PLs too. But so we talked a little bit about the resistance. We talked about the, you know, this is a daunting task. Sometimes it's difficult to understand. There's many choices. I've got that. So it's just the idea of freight tech. I know it's right. I know I need some of it. I that Every time I Im- invest in it, it helps, but I also am frightened, right? Right. You're also worried about, am I going to lose control? As the relationships that I've come to count on, am I going to lose those? I don't want to, some relationships I might say, good, I don't want to work with those guys anymore. But others you say, I trust this company, I want to work with them. We also talked about the investment, which could be very high. And also, sometimes it's unknown when you say there's an investment cost, but sometimes I'm the follow-up investment that I didn't plan on. By the way, I remember when I was at a 3PL, we looked into getting a technology, uh, it was a TMS, and what everybody I knew said was, that's just the beginning. The cost that they've quoted you is just the beginning. You're right. going to have a full-time head on that. And I was like, no, 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 no. I can't have a full-time head on that. I, that is not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to manage a tech team. And and it was it was crazy. And oh, so that's, speaking of which, one last thing I want to talk to you about, need for specialized knowledge. And I guess that goes in with implementations, but... That's another thing that I think is, am I going to have to hire a whole new set of people? Are my managers all of a sudden going to have to know things that they don't currently know? And not that I'm against training, not that I'm, but I don't want you to turn my business upside down while I'm trying to make a profit. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's the beauty of new freight specific technology. We call it freight tech, obviously, but it's freight specific technology that does not require a PhD from MIT to actually use the system. It is, hey, these are this is a nomenclature that I'm familiar with. I, I understand the workflows because this is what I do on a daily basis, but it's in an automated fashion within technology. So that type of that type of resource or that type of technology goes a long way 
in actually limiting the required resources in order to actually stand up a, a piece of technology. If if anybody can actually use it, that's that's familiar with the logistics space. And you don't need to go hire specialized technology or IT uh, representatives. That's that's obviously going to be a plus. Yeah, and and by the way, I can say this: I've worked in software a lot in the past, even be, before I worked in freight tech. And one of the one of the challenges is when the training takes a long time, when it's not intuitive. And by the way, people like your age who are, grew up using mobile phones, who grew up being on tablets and uh, PCs, if I say, "Oh yeah, it's it's a great new great new website," go on and take the tutorial. And uh, it only takes like three hours to learn. You'd be like, no. <laughs> if, I, if I don't, if it's not intuitive and easy, I'm out. And, and you can't convince anybody that it's good. You can't convince somebody my age that that's good. It, we, we see that all the time with our shippers as well. Of hey, Some shippers will, will really want that, that white glove service. And they'll want that personal touch of, hey, I want to spend uh, uh, some sessions with you to really learn how the system works. Now, on the, on the flip side... We have the, the younger generation, just as you were talking with, is, hey, give me my credentials and I want to, to go play with it myself. And I want to go, I want to go test, the, test the waters myself. If, if you have a technology to where you can say, I'll give you a set of credentials and it's intuitive enough to where you can actually do this yourself, you are going to succeed. So that's, that's that balancing of, hey, you have the offering of professional services to have that white glove touch, but in the same breath, you could pass over a, a set of credentials and they'll be firing on all, all cylinders soon. Yep. So I want to go over. So we just talked about five, five reasons, five reasons that people resist. And this is really the dilemma is they know they need it. We all know, Hey, if you go to a, if, if, if I want if I want to get to be world-class as a shipper, I'm going to be using a lot of technologies, but it's also daunting because, so I'll talk about the five reasons we talked about. One is, Tech is daunting, difficult to understand, many choices. So I have that problem. You're going to turn my business upside down. Investment could be high. The ROI uncertain, right? I don't want to make a mistake. If I'm making this decision, I got to live with it for a long time. I could get fired if I make the wrong call, right? They also are afraid that they might need specialized knowledge or need to hire outside people for this. And now you're managing people and you go, God, I don't even know what they do. I don't know what they're talking about, but I'm bringing them in. Then the implementations are notoriously difficult. Integrations are not only difficult, time-consuming, expensive potentially. They're getting easier, but they're also time-consuming, distracting. And and then you also mentioned relationships. You're afraid that if I use technology and that I'm going to all of a sudden uh, have to sever myself from a whole bunch of relationships that I value. So I know you can't speak for all freight tech, but I think you can speak your, about your experience at Emerge and how, how you guys deal with this. And I think there's a lot of companies just like Emerge, not necessarily in the RFP space, but just in freight tech in general, that how do you get around these problems? Oh, absolutely. I think, if, I think it's, it comes down to when, when I have my interactions with shippers, I really like to, what we were talking about earlier is help them gain a new perspective of evaluating their actual supply chain is where can I peel back and where is a pain that I didn't before see that I can see now that now that I've taken a step back and really tried to evaluate how I can improve. So that's where, where really I, I, I really enjoy digging into operations, but trying to peel back folks from their day to day operation 
to really look at how they can improve and prepare for, for upcoming market changes as well. So many people get invested, again, just into their day-to-day and, and try to get to the next day. But taking that step back to really evaluate where you can improve is, is the number one thing that I would recommend for shippers to do. But so if I start working with Emerge, let's just say, it's not going to be a daunting experience. I, I, can, I can implement that pretty quick, right? That, yep, exactly right. So yeah, one of the first steps that we'll do is, hey, if you have a flawless procurement process, we will not tell you that you should use Emerge. Obviously, most of the time that that, that is not the, the, the correct case. We are we are here to actually... This is a big gap for the industry right now. So right. that's very rare. <laughs> very rare. Yes, very rare that I will say, wow, you don't need us for anything. But that's the kind of entry point that, that we, we go into, especially my team, is evaluating your current operation and how we can actually fit in to drive value here. So Really, if you think about it, if, if you are using, for example, Emerge specifically, I, I keep going back to that fact of how do I test this effectively and see an immediate return on, on investment before I actually continue my implementation with this. So if a shipper was was interested in running a mini bid or testing out a bid with an Emerge, again, all you really need is what are the lanes that you want to put out to bid and who do you want to invite? If you have that, you can launch a bid within 15 minutes or so. Yeah, I, mean, I know you guys would love them to stay forever and be a customer, but the barrier is is low. I'm not paying anything. I, I, I'm not paying anything. It takes me a few days to get this. Up. I'm, I'm assuming I can run a bid in a few days. Yep. Uh, a few. I mean, well, it, it, it takes a little bit of time. It depends on the volume. It depends on the lanes right. that you, you have to bid. You'll need, you'll still need to give your carriers enough time to to place well, their yeah, bids but- and evaluate the lanes. But standing up a bid. It takes less than a day. It takes a matter of minutes to actually create a bid event. Then at that point, all of the data aggregation, all of the analysis is actually going in in, in, it, in it for you within the actual optimization of the actual platform. So that's where it's a, a lot of the button clicking and a lot of the, the Excel work that's not really relationship driven. That's all stuff that you want to automate. But now you, that, that allows you to actually go and connect with your, your network and actually evaluate what's really causing problems within your network. So it's taking off that, hey, I'm truly just invested right into an Excel document for hours upon hours. Now I can go devote those resources into something more uh, more valuable. Right. So in this case, I'll just take down these, what we talked about. So in, in terms of being daunting, not daunting, it's not, it's not, it's not up, turning my world upside down, right? It's not difficult to understand. I don't have to be a techie. The relationships I want, I keep right? That, that I don't have, if I work with Emerge, I don't have to worry about that. There is no cost. So the, the, the only cost is maybe uh, internal people taking a day or so to stand up a bid. No big deal there. I don't have to have specialized knowledge. In fact, basically Emerge is bringing me specialized information and insights that I didn't have as part of that deal. There is no implementation or integration that's going to kill me, right? And again, this and, and I know you, I know you can't speak for all freight tech, nor can I, but this is kind of the world of freight tech now, where it's there. Everybody's trying to get to a place where how can we make it easier? Because we all know these freight tech things. And again, the the, the emerge folks come from a, a rich heritage of freight technology. That's and I think their 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 thought with the new biz is let's make it easy. Let's make it really really easy to work with us. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. So, I mean, it, you hit the nail on the head as, as well as we're, we've been talking about Emerge in the past 30 minutes or so, but there are so many other companies 
We've, we've talked about orderful. We've, there's, there's so many other companies within this space that are really driving towards the, the same goal here. It's just a matter of, of how do we find those that are the most applicable for shippers. So uh, very exciting time. In the last five, 10 years, we've seen a huge, <clears throat> so there is still a freight tech dilemma. People are still a little worried, but in, in certain instances, when you say merge, very low uh, risk here. I mean, and, and by the way, I should ask, are, do you guys um, say how much freight you have going through your system now? Yeah, right Right now we have a little over $10 billion in platform, what we call platform revenue. That is uh, a shipper going through your system, awarding through our, our procurement platform. We, we anticipate that number being around 18 to 20 billion by the end of next year. So really that's, that's that balancing of the two-sided marketplace of shippers at having freight opportunities and carriers coming in. We, we, we feel that once we get up to that 20, 25, 30 billion dollar platform revenue number, Emerge will be the stop or will be the place where, where carriers need to go in order to find communities. So when I think we always say there's $800 billion worth of freight tech or freight. And so you guys are at about 1% of the market already and right. pushing for much more. And so I guess the, the, the market acceptance is there. And And by the way, it keeps getting, it's like a flywheel in that, the more carriers are on there, the more shippers want to be on there. Do you have, from a carrier perspective, do you guys have a lot of uh, enterprise shippers on, on, the, on the system now? We primarily focus on enterprise level shippers, especially this year. So the majority of our the platform revenue uh, number that I was referring to are coming from enterprise level shippers. That's the Fortune 100s to the Fortune 500s. Anywhere in, in there is, is our sweet spot, though. We also have uh, th- this platform is also designed for the small to medium sized businesses as well. So those 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 folks that don't have any technology, a lightweight solution like this that's intuitive and quick to actually implement is incredibly valuable for that small to medium sized business as well. So let's wrap this bad boy up. We talked a little bit about what you guys are doing over at Emerge. We also talked about the resistance that companies have, and that's this. You know, again. There's resistance to tech. is it's it's daunting. It's hard to understand. There's so many choices. I'm also afraid I'm going to make a mistake. The ROI. I worry about the cost and the ROI. I worry about losing my relationships. Right. I worry about the implementations, which can be horrible in terms of cost overruns. The integrations have gotten very difficult. Well. There's companies like Emerge, and again, we mentioned Orderful. There's other companies that are now working towards how do we make that easier. But it has been in the past, I think in a lot of shippers' minds, is it's still the biggest problem is how do I integrate systems? And then I think they always have this this fear of the unknown. Am I going to have to hire a whole bunch of people? No. So I think companies like Emerge are making it much easier. They don't have to be as daunting. It doesn't have to be this enormous risk. So I want to get your final thoughts on this topic. And then I want to talk a little bit about Emerge, how we reach out and talk to you guys. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, we went through a bunch of different dilemmas and, and roadblocks into as a shipper starts to evaluate different freight technologies, what are the challenges that we, that we were met with? But again, I, I said it a few moments ago, I think the number one thing, if, if anybody can take, if you're a shipper or a carrier, that if you're listening to this podcast session is find the opportunity to take a step back and to get a different perspective to evaluate your operation and find where the actual challenges are that where there are potential solutions for that. Now we've, we've found shippers that do that 
and they have a potentially a, a season where there's a, a lull, a shipper that finds that 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 challenge and addresses it sees immediate return in ROI. So it's 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 really taking the time to evaluate your your process and and being mindful of hey I don't have to overhaul my entire system. Let's find those specific points with across the supply chain where I can address uh, using freight tech. Excellent, excellent. So let's wrap this bad boy up. So who's the sweet spot for Emerge? Who's who do you who do you work with on the shipper side? Yeah, so we we work work across a variety of different sectors. Our CPGs of the world, the the, the grocers, the the bulk commodities. Primarily, we're we're focused on domestic truckload right now. That's your van, reefer, flatbed, any kind of specialized equipment will also run as well. But with that being said, our procurement platform is designed for virtually every type of freight movement. So even though the emerged marketplace could potentially not be able to provide capacity if it's not a domestic truckload, you could still run an RFP through the actual RFP platform uh, with your own network. So. Uh, primarily focused again on on on, on domestic truckload and a variety of different sectors. There's there's no shipper that will will turn down. But yeah, we're we're excited to to continue to to develop and and speak to more and more shippers here in the next few years. So on the carrier side, who's the sweet spot? Who do you work with? Really, those. So if you think about it, most enterprise sized carriers and most enterprise sized shippers they're already connected. So what our, our sweet spot is when we're actually connecting carriers is that that medium sized carrier that may not be invited to the, let's say, uh, I won't say names, but a, a large enterprise shippers bid within an RFP. Maybe they're not big enough for it or they don't have the size of network for it. So they need an actual platform to really have access into those bids and bypass having to sit back and wait for a broker to call me. Now a carrier can go straight in and find their own opportunities and actually place direct bids on, on those opportunities. So it's really that small to medium-sized carrier that sees the most value. And we also have some preferred larger carriers that, that see a, a great benefit in this as well. Very nice. Very nice. Now, you mentioned a few brokers. How do you interact with brokers? Brokers, we don't have any non-asset-based players within the marketplace, aka we don't provide any brokerage or, or third-party or fourth-party this, in this instance, fourth-party brokerages to our shippers. Now, shippers can use their own brokers within the platform. Okay. We call That's what we call plat, or pass-through freight. So that's a, hey, more than welcome to use as many brokers or as many carriers as you want to, but Emerge as a provider will only bring you asset-based carriers. So, so if they have existing relationships with a big broker and a number of carriers, they're able to come over, bring all those carriers over, bring their broker over, and all you're gonna do is potentially say, hey, Here's ten other carriers you should be working with. Exactly. It's and a, if they say and if they say no thanks, we're going to get, continue working with our broker and existing carriers. You guys say that's fine. That's that's part of our business is providing a technology platform, and not a, your hope is that you can do a good enough job on bringing new carriers to them that they say, yeah. So there's no obligation. No. No obligation. You use that freight tech platform, which is again custom built for RFPs. If you don't want to use it, our carriers, fine. We want you to, but you don't have to. <laughs> right. It, what, I, what I love is, is is as shippers say, hey, I don't want to break up my network. But then as they talk to other eMERGE shippers and say, hey, this kind of relationship of actually a, a I see a rate on an RFP that's coming from an asset carrier. It's not coming from a broker providing a rate and then going and sourcing a carrier and saying, oh, I have to, can't do this. It is coming from a carrier, so uh, that's that's a 
a big right right direction. That's a big problem in our business, if you ask me, is that when somebody says, oh, this is the rate for this lane, through a broker or directly through carriers, well, it's, it's mixed. Okay, well, that I, I, and by the way, when I was at a 3PL, sometimes we use bro- brokers and they could get better. Our customer got a better price through that for, through our broker than I could get. So there are some brokers who add enormous value, as we all know. Well, especially in, in this market right now where where we have a lot of providers scratching and clawing for volume. And really, it's a race to the bottom for race for rates. But when that market flips, if you don't have a carrier, a reliable carrier behind that rate, you're going to be SOL. So yeah. it's, it's going to be a, 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 an interesting time, potentially in, in mid mid spring, potentially early summer to where this market potentially flips and we'll see who uh, is, is still servicing those lanes. And that's going to be the most important thing is, is, is service at the end of the day. So what I'll do is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile. I'll put a link to um, Emerge and any other thing, any other links you guys give me, I'll put in the, in the show notes. So what conferences will we see you guys at this year? Coming year, because we're already in November or, or no, December. So you'll you'll typically find emerge at, at most of the major major conferences here. For example, we'll be at Manifest. We'll be at Rela. Oh, I'll be at Manifest. There we go. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll see you in Vegas there. So we will be at Food Shippers. But typically, you'll you'll see you'll see representation from emerge at most of your your larger conferences here. Did you say Rela? Yep, Rela, the the Retail Industry Leaders Association. Yep, we'll be there. So you get any major any major freight or uh, shipper. We'll be there. Uh, conference, you'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, what I'll, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I, I think this is a great platform, I mean, a great, great solution you guys have because again, we've we built. We're, we're trying to get end to end, you know, for our for our shippers and for you know in the supply chain. And I always feel like the RFP stuff has not been addressed. We had solutions from outside the industry that weren't custom built for this, but Emerge, from what I can tell, is the only one that is in the RFP business right now and much needed. Very cool solution. Great. Well, again, I appreciate you having me. It's, a, it's always a great opportunity to be able to discuss topics like this in the industry, especially uh, on, on such a great podcast and great show that you have here. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Brad. So thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.